sounds like you have selective amnesia. You know, like like Drew Barrymore in Fifty First yeah. Dates. You know, have you well, seen what, that? What about it's it? A good movie. Uh, what, so what? In the movie, Drew's character, remember, she can't remember anything past a certain Yeah, I, I know the movie. I do. It's right up there with the notebook. It's part of my top ten. I know the movie. Great movie. Meet my new friend, Lily. <laughs> he stalks, he finds his target, and he attacks without mercy. That has been the style of Karrion Cross. Throughout his career, modern day gladiator. Andy, this doesn't end on your terms. Man, are we gonna do this or what? Ethan Page, you are weak, you are stupid, and you are ugly. Yes. AOD! No way! It's a death! No way! It's a bitch! And a kick out! A kick out by Sasha! No! I was so shocked! Well, pinch yourself, Cole, because the dream has become reality. terms of an NXT rebrand, look for it. In the next couple of weeks, it's going to have a whole new look. It's going to have a whole new feel. And we believe because a lot of the indie wrestlers, if you will, have come through our system and are in our system with SmackDown and Raw now, we don't want to just keep doing that same thing. We want to look elsewhere for great young talent. <laughs> ho, 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 ho. Ho, 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 ho. Ho, 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 ho. And there you have it, a cavalcade of clips to bring us into the worst of 2021 here at Post Wrestling. I am John Pollock, joined by Wei Ting and back for another week as we get out all the bad that the last year had to bring to us. Braden Harrington and Davey Portman, who are always positives on the year. And I didn't even mean to actually make that joke uh, a second time. I meant in the <laughs> clearest sense of the word, uh, two of the most positive people out there, Davey Portman and Brayden Harrington from up next. Hello guys. Hello. 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 Yeah. You said bad Braden and Davey. Oh, I like yeah. that. See? Uh, yeah. We're here to talk about the worst. We're so happy. Yeah. We made it out. Wow. All those clips just reminding me of, why do I watch this? That stuff? was awesome, John. You yeah, put that wow. all together yourself. Thank you. Holy Thank you. John. Yeah, love yes. that. Look, well, this look was, at that, dude. This is a collaborative effort, as, as always. Um, my first question before we get into all of the categories um, Davey, likely or unlikely that we will have a likely or unlikely at the end of this show, unlike <laughs> last year? 
unlike last year where it was likely it was going to happen and then there was a swerve and it didn't happen because I forgot, it's very likely Ooh. that it's likely going to happen. For unlikely, okay. Dude, John was unlikely. so mad last year. <laughs> He's like, no, oh, I just, it just cool. made the, short show, the show shorter. But uh, yes, uh, that, that but was yes, we, we have some questions for the end here. Okay, so stay tuned like for that. You. If you want to go back, we put out our best of 2021 show last week. So when you finish this show and then you want to send out your tweets about how negative we are, why do you even watch this if you hate it? Uh, you can go back and that is the yin to our yang, the positive and the negative. Uh, but this is the show, usually one of the more fun shows of the year, as we get to relive some of the worst stuff that pro wrestling had to provide for us in the year 2021, in a year where the world gave us plenty of awful stuff in, in the year. But we are going to keep it to professional wrestling. Guys, you have all of your lists assembled, and we are going to start things off with worst promotional tactic. What was so awful that a company did that at the end of the year, you just said to yourself, what a bunch of assholes. We start off with waiting with the actually let us go first to uh, last year's uh, list as well that we will refer to throughout this. Uh, this is always a nice refresher. So last year, uh, Davey Portman's worst promotional tactic was the WWE's usage of its legends. Braden Harrington, WWE's initial handling of COVID-19. Wei Ting was Chad Lale, a.k.a. Jackson Riker's tweet after protests in Washington <laughs> using his catchphrase. And mine was a combination of Elias mocking Jeff Jarrett on the anniversary of his sobriety and Dana White's video against the media, which came at the end of 2020. For this year, Wei, what was the worst promotional tactic? Man, I, I I feel like there's never a shortage of, of things to choose from for this category. And I, I feel like we'll, we might go four different ways for this one. Um, I'll say, like, for me, my choices this year, I don't think we're at least as um, uh, maybe insulting in, in, a, in a real world sense. Uh, for me, I, I really did keep it to pro wrestling this year. I, 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 and I'm, you know, trying to decide right now between, like, as I'm talking between two of my choices, but I will go to this one, and that is Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair at uh, SummerSlam 2021, a match that was promoted all the way up until the match itself, when they clearly knew that Sasha Banks was not going to be a part of the show. Um, you know, in their minds, they felt, okay, we had something better. Uh, Becky Lynch is going to come in and beat Bianca Belair in seconds. Um, and I think seeing the fallout of that whole thing, you know, told you exactly what the audience thought of it. Um, even if you were going to have Becky return, I think it would have been the better move, uh, the more ethical move, you know, to just announce ahead of time. Hey, guys, you're not going to get this match, much less, you know, play a video package and let the audience think that they are getting it right up until that point. Yeah, and something I don't think you would see from any other company, the idea of promoting a match right up until match time. I'm not saying every company is as transparent as others, but I mean, like we have just seen throughout the the pandemic of when New Japan will put out an announcement of like, this person is positive. They are never going to allow you to buy a ticket thinking you are getting something you're not. They take it to that level of seriousness. And maybe because we also focus on MMA, like that is that is something that would never happen. Like we promote a fight that we know we are not going to deliver. Like there is a protection for you, the consumer, um, that you are at the end of the day. Like you are buying tickets to whether you want to see a Roman Reigns at a live event. And if the company knows 
days in advance, we are not delivering that. There is a deceptive tactic to that. And I think a lot of people just sit behind cards subject to change that this is all entertainment and this is fine. But it's like you are a consumer uh, on top of this. So I think that's that's a great pick as well. Brayden, what was the worst promotional tactic of 2021? Look, guys, we we do similar things to you. We do pay-per-view watch-alongs. We've been doing it since the pandemic, and we've been doing it throughout. And this this SummerSlam was the first time when right after that happened, we went, nah, we're we're we out. Sorry, guys, we're not doing the post show anymore. Sorry, <laughs> we're taking like fuck fuck wrestling right now. We're we're good right now. We're going to bed. I'm over it. And it was because of that. Not only because everything you just mentioned, but on top of that, it had to be Bianca. You had to do Bianca dirty like that. I know it's the now the creation of this big time Bex thing, but that was so I felt so shortchanged. I'm a I'm a I'm a lapsed fan when it comes to the main roster. So when I do check out the pay-per-views, when I do want to watch this main this main event rematch from Mania, and you you did us so dirty, I was so checked out. And I have not watched anything except off Twitter clips until Survivor Series, which we'll talk about, but yeah, I was I was so upset at that we didn't get this match. No one it, it, came out of that well. No, you've got it sucks. like Sasha because people are like, where the fuck is she? They they even just threw Carmella in there to be a joke. Bianca loses in oh, yeah. seconds, and then everyone's like, okay, well this is Becky Lynch's big return, but like, am I like I don't even like that anymore? <laughs> like, no one came out of this sucked well at all. Y- you had promoted the WrestleMania main event rematch, like yeah, the first exactly. WrestleMania main event was the rematch and the replacement. Yes, you got an appearance by Becky. You did not get a match in its place. Like you got shortchanged on Bianca on top of it. Um, so like res- forget just the, the the booking of who won and lost the match, but you also got 26 seconds instead of the rematch of a very fondly remembered match that they presented at WrestleMania this year. So I think... And it really brought the crowd down after after the fact as well. Like that was a certain imagine a definite negative. That? Yeah, like that to me is like it's not heat on Becky Lynch. That's heat on the company. And I think sometimes they confuse the two that they believe that oh that's the intended reaction, not when your reaction is I don't want to watch this. Uh, you two d- wouldn't do your watch along or your post show. Uh, Way just outright did not take part in any of our coverage that night. I mean, he just took the whole yeah. night off. Yeah. He knew yeah, exactly. He knew something was uh, was going to be up. So I was left to uh, speak. Way it was uh, that was the night of a uh, John and Kate plus Nate at post wrestling. Yes, it was. Uh, what other like honorable mentions though is is just they they also add commercials into a lot of these things now, and I know they got to and they got to make the money and everything, but it it drags things out. Like, why are these shows going on forever when the wrestling portion of it is not that long? Mm. It's just so many ads and ads, and I it, it's I get it, I get it. You got to have the commercials, but it feels like so drawn out compared to when you watch other. Uh, certain products but also another thing that pissed me off was whenever they they instantly run to the well of making Liv Morgan talk about you know Becky the reason her friends got fired and stuff like that I'm like it's just so like you're you're just doing to get a pop because you can and it's just it, it felt like not like just almost not there it just didn't it didn't matter yeah well, fuck well i'll follow because that was mine was using okay. <laughs> uh, using release talent for promo material and it wasn't just that one as well like it was several ones like john morrison yeah. was brought up in a promo and you know that's well and good i'm sure if they threw this out at any of the talent they're not going to like say no you can't use this in a promo but at the same time 
I think it takes a lot of gall that not only are we going to release you, but we're still going to squeeze whatever relevance out of you for our for our purposes to to further our storylines. And when you go back, like I think it leaves a real sore spot in people to watch throughout the pandemic when what was the central focus when this pandemic began was that without question, we have to produce this television. We cannot jeopardize these television contracts. That is our revenue. And that is why WWE had two, its two greatest years during 2020 and 2021. Those shows are not happening without your talent taking at least a modicum, if not significant amount of risk. The early days of the pandemic, you're getting onto an airplane. You are engaging in pro wrestling matches. Who knows what you are exposing yourself to? There isn't testing at the beginning. They go through all of that. You don't miss a week of TV. You don't miss any of your rights fees. And at the end of it, the thank you you get is that more firings than ever that this company handed down and how you feel as a talent that got this company through that pandemic. So uh, that was, to me, just like the exclamation point at the end was here where all of these talents let go and in certain circumstances, well, it's a nice zinger that we can throw into a promo that just um, what would have really upset me if I, if I was in that uh, position at the end of it. Davey, uh, which way did you go for worst promotional tactic? Realistically, it is the, the bait and switch at SummerSlam, but I figured everyone was going to say that. So uh, I'm going with the AEW Impact relationship because really, apart from a little bit of a bump in those first couple of weeks of Impact, I don't really know how it served them at all. The only representation you got on Dynamite was Gallows and Anderson. And they didn't even bother writing them off. Like, I think the end of that relationship was around the time Adam Cole came in. You could have at least paid it off, but they just disappeared. You have Tony Khan appear on Dynamite every week, just saying how, sorry, on Impact every week, just saying how shitty a show it is and what a bad promotion with no payoff. It's just these paid, like... It, it felt like we were going to have some sort of match or or a little bit more crossover. You had Kenny become the champion, but then drop the title to AEW talent on AEW. So there wasn't anyone that came out of it on the Impact side. Good. I just think, yeah, Impact, it's not, it's not New Japan. It's not up there. I get it. But if you're going to do something like this, I think we could have done had something a little better. I mean, we always point at the women's division in AEW as being something that could need work. And I think the impact women's roster is good. And I think that would have been helped both sides way, way more than have Luke Gallows walk around with dangly earrings every week in the background. Um, Dang. So yes, dangly dangly ones. ones. Uh, So yeah, it's like I was following this all at the beginning of the year and I'm just thinking, Maybe it wasn't the worst promotional tactic, but it was a, a missed opportunity to do more out of this. It was funny, though, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that owl, bro. <laughs> no, uh, that was true. What, did that, what was that? Yeah, Nothing was, ever happened. Maybe the forbidden door, but not the forbidden elevator where everyone oh, rose wow. up to the next level. Uh, there you go. Worst promotional tactic. We go to worst in-ring series. So essentially worst pro wrestling show, Davey. Contain pro wrestling matches. Last year, a clean sweep. Everyone <laughs> chose WWE Raw. Uh, this year, we will see uh, what program uh, got everyone's disdain. And we start off with Braden. Worst in-ring series. I got to say it, right? NXT 2.0. Hands down. What are they doing? Sean, 
What? Come on, dude. <laughs> what are you? What's going on? Why is everything so colorful? And and poker players <laughs> and woke people and and. Hey, the woke person's a great gimmick, all right? And, <laughs> an, an award-winning gimmick uh, from Davey Portman. <laughs> I, well, I, this, there's a girl sleeping all the time. I'm, that's what I want to do when I turn on that show. But what happened? What happened? Jeez, it's uh, it's an interesting show. I'm I'm being mean because anytime I try to watch Raw, I, guys, I give you the praise for doing that every Monday because what is there was a doll storyline. I'm sure we'll get to, but like. Still, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my 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 pick because NXT 2.0 just just took away everything I I loved watching for five plus years and totally just you know when you take there's a, a table set with everything set and you take some people can pull the, the the thing and all the stuff stay on the table they did it and everything just went with it mm-hmm. and it's it's totally not the same show and it's gonna take a long time to to get as invested as I once was in the product but. Uh yeah, damn, rip NXT is dead. <laughs> well, maybe maybe one of these PC talents is going to debut as a disgruntled podcaster in the new year on. NXT right, we already 2.0. promoted. It, we already predicted that. Yeah. So we already pred- they have Lash Legend. I think that's the closest thing maybe to that. She is a talk show host, mm-hmm. by the way. That is the gimmick. There's also Daddy's Girl. Uh, there's Boa, who's been possessed by Mei Ying. Yeah, that's right. There's been possessions. Uh, there's also a murderer. There's a, a karaoke singer. See, they they really are listening to us, aren't they? Um, jacket time. Jacket, jacket time. Don't get me started with jacket time. There's two guys who barbecue their steaks. There's uh, there's the, we the, eat the, steak the way men are supposed to eat steak. Trust me, we'll talk about them. There's sorry. Let me let's go off. Why don't we? Because there's there's more. There's okay, uh, don't, don't, the, don't cover like every category here in your <laughs> yeah. in ring series. You've just gone through about three here. Well, I just like I, so obviously raw. Honestly, it still sucks. Anytime I've actually tried to check it out, and there's glimmers of good stuff, and that's the same thing with NXT 2.0. Not to just completely lambaste it, but it, it has some good stuff too. But I have to say, NXT 2.0 has just been the most disappointing. So I'm going to pick that. Davey, was it uh, similar for you? No, I mean I'm I'm I miss black and gold, um, and I I try to watch it more optimistically i i try to kind of forget that it it was black and gold for my own enjoyment i think actually watching nxt from 2013 is helping because i see a very similar format of show now. because we like on our show yeah, yeah because yeah. we, we should, go should back. they have should they have changed the name or do you think that there's still enough equity in the nxt brand that that they don't want to separate from that because i think it is the comparison that is almost makes this impossible to succeed in any form or fashion because it was such a whiplash effect going from one product to the other. I Yeah, and, and I think the problem is this is a TV show and we were used to the quality of before. I think as a developmental, I get it. And I, I would kind of question how much did, when NXT was the super indie, actually serve as developmental for what they're looking for on the main roster. So, and like... From kind of an acting point of view, I get the stupid gimmicks because it's let's try and drag some personality out of this guy. Let's let's make him a, a poker player or make let it's what you do in in acting class, but it shouldn't be broadcast on TV. These are exercises and for like an hour long format on the network, I'd find this kind of show fascinating. And then what's what's kind of cool where we are in 
watching our 2013 NXT is you're starting to see your Sami Zayn's, your Sasha Banks, your Charlotte's and your Bailey's, and you go, oh, in six months to a year time, you're going to be like stars. And and maybe that's something we will see with a Bron Breaker. But unfortunately, the sacrifice has been a show that I've loved watching each and every week. So I do treat it as a different show. And John, maybe if if you were to call this, like if NXT just ended for the time being, and this just was called fucking Rising Stars or whatever, and it was an hour on the network, I might be a little bit more interested. Yeah, I might not watch it, is what I'm saying. So they're, they're, they need to make it back to one hour, and they should probably just put it back on the network. I, I think that would be a likely to happen uh, this upcoming year or next following, because it's like... It's, it feels like it, what NXT, whatever Triple H was doing with NXT is almost what AEW is. It has the people in the crowd. You see Tony Nese there, he's chilling. You have the cool Forbidden Door stuff. You have all that stuff. Well, That's N- what NXT, NXT was, was doing. developmental for AEW. Yeah, they were, it's how they it were developmental like for that black company. Black and gold. Yeah. Um, but no, my, my, my worst prom- uh, series <laughs> is Raw. After all that. <laughs> Swear, bro. It's, it's Raw. It's... Uh, it's three hours i i try and like this this was the year that broke me and i uh i'll be in the house and just not put it on i'll watch other stuff too much listen one to for you guys one for nxt 2.0 one for raw where are you going way um i i you know i thought i thought it would be a clean sweep this year um because i i can't see why anybody would choose anything other than wwe raw for this category but uh, I think Braden, you know, brings and Davey bring up some great points <laughs> for NXT. There is really competition for this this year. Um, but I think if you take away the disappointment of what NXT used to be in comparison to what it is today, I'm somebody who is actually able to like, like you know, Davey mentioned, like it. It's fascinating to see people try things for the first time on TV. People who have had no on TV on camera experience going out there and sometimes failing. And I. I I I enjoy elements of it. Um it's not a great wrestling show to sit down and watch, but as an experiment, I'm I'm fascinated by it, which is not something I can say at all about most editions of WWE Raw. You know, and this is a show that um 3 hours every single week feels so incredibly derivative and cookie cutter and um just there to collect money for content time often. Um you know, I'll, I, I hesitate to even say that the wrestling is good because most of the time it's only three minutes um, with bullshit finishes and rematches that we've seen uh, so often with no real effort uh, often put into the build. So it, it to me is a creatively bankrupt show and it has been for a long time and it's been dragged to three hours a lot longer than it. How long has it been like five, six years now? Uh, so we're coming up on 10. Jesus. 10 years. Jeez. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of my, my life, but you know, this is sort of the norm now, you know, wrestling three hours of wrestling a night. Unfortunately, it's just, it's not all good. So how do you guys do it? Like, I don't, I don't know. Well, it's how a job, it. you know, it is. How, how does anybody yeah. do a shitty job? And yeah. I think that's the thing, at least when I'm watching these stupid gimmicks on NXT 2.0, it's, well, this is this person's third match. You're seeing mm, yeah. incredible talent on the main roster, just, Doing the same bullshit we see on a 2.0. Yeah. I couldn't well, imagine what, what you guys do. Well, I'm I'm going to echo Braden's vote. I went with... It, <laughs> up until September, it would have been... I didn't think anything would top Raw. Raw had a really rough year. There was some brutal creative on this show. It was a show that I just found to be more of a chore than most. Uh, but 
to me, NXT 2.0, this is you are you are the victim of your expansion. Once you are like the reason it is on the USA Network is for financial reasons. And therefore, like we talk about, well, it's it's fascinating to watch. Yeah, it's fascinating to watch someone that has no business being on television. And my my thought many times each week is how is this making it? its way onto television it's so unfair to these performers that have to be doing this stuff in front of a national television audience at the same time i'm watching this on the very same network that airs raw 24 hours earlier so i'm not going to give them a pass just because it's it's now supposed to be the developmental show and i the viewer have to lower my standards it's i think it's characters that on on a pure financial level, like this is a brand that to me is less valuable than it was a year ago. This is not a brand you can take on the road and tour, which God knows this roster needs to be doing as many shows as possible. So the pandemic has done a number on the NXT concept itself. But Davey is right. Like this, this kind of program is what is going to more or less feed the main roster. It's just that doing the the bare minimum amount of matches on television in front of the same 200 fans every week. Like, I think that move to the main roster, like you might get a Braun breaker that can break through, but I think there's going to be a lot that it, that's going to be way too big of a jump going from this to a raw or SmackDown. And you're going to see a lot of talent flounder. Um, it's just, it's, it's not the concept that they had. I mean, they were outdone by AEW, but it was that, concept that I think was more of a growth potential and certainly one that you could take and you could draw on the road and at its peak could fill a Barclays Center with that you would not have a prayer of taking this to any kind of medium, much less large size building. Uh, so I, I think they've really got their work cut out for them in terms of talent that are have to literally be learning in front of a national television audience. And it's, pro- it's produced some brutal matches, some brutal characters, some brutal segments and you just and and it's and it's all in the shadows of this completely different product that I really feel for the performers that that are here that are in this situation. Oh man, preach, Pollock. Preach. Feels, I was just going to say, feels good, doesn't it? Yeah. This is just category yeah. number one, and it's. Oh, I already feel better. Listen to Up Next every Tuesday <laughs> night where we talk about NXT 2.0. Okay, Tuesday we're going to get uh, brighter here with most underutilized. Last year, all four of us chose Alistair Black, uh, who who ma- made his way yeah. to AEW this year, now under the name Malachi Black. Who was the most underutilized performer in 2021, Mr. Ting? I went with Ricochet. He's somebody who... Um, I feel like is is at least a candidate for this and has been for a couple of years now. But over the past year, I, I almost struggled to th- remember him at times, which for a guy as talented as he is, who I thought was as much of a surefire thing coming from NXT as anybody that they've ever signed to that brand, to the main roster, to now sometimes being featured on the 24-7 division to maybe starting a romance with Aaliyah and then that not happening to... Um, being one of like Xavier Woods, um, I don't know, uh, uh, cheer, uh, cheerleaders, like, you know, next to his throne. It's just been really? a year. Well, he's just like, it's, he's just a background player, but it's like the move to SmackDown hasn't necessarily served him that much better. Uh, and, and it's just been another year of just wasting this man's prime years. So, um, he continues to be, yeah, he's my choice for most underutilized. He's my pick as well. Um, I just, 
I think this guy is a generational talent that if if this guy had been in New Japan, if he was in AEW, I think this guy would be among the biggest stars in the industry. This guy would be must-see uh, if he was on Dynamite most weeks. Um, I, I just I think that this is a talent that is so above um, what, where, where he is, is slotted, and it's such a clear... Um, you know, this, this is somebody that they just, they see at a level and you can see, still see glimpses of it. Like when he is out there and does a 10 minute match, you can see it. Like you can see that talent, um, that is just not going to be realized in this system. So Ricochet was my pick. How about you, Davey? Uh, I'm going to be controversial when I say Ricochet's at exactly the place he should be. The guy has zero charisma and can't promo and you kind of need those things. Like Sorry, but Grand Metalik flashy in the ring. In the WWE, but this is the only company. I don't know. I I think he'd be in the same place as Leo Rush and Dante Martin if he was in AEW. I I don't get it. I don't get the Ricochet thing. I didn't... I like... He can have good matches, but I think we're at a point where a lot of people can have good matches. And when I'm watching Brian Danielson cut incredible promos and then have an incredible match, Ricochet's nowhere near that for me. I, I I love his in-ring stuff, like his his matches. If he were to to eventually leave, him going to like an AEW or going back to a New Japan now, I, the Osprey rematch is something instant money there. But like he, yeah, I never I never could get behind. Him. I mean, AEW they got a lot of legend managers. I mean, that could help. HFO. <laughs> there you go. He could join. No. Uh, I, I do think he's under you. Like Way was t- saying, he was like a cheerleader or something. Now I'm like, what? What am I missing? I, I haven't watched. I haven't. Ch- I've checked out. But that sounds wild. I, I love his in ring stuff. I do think he's he's super underutilized. But he's not my pick. But my my pick is what? What about uh, the NXT portrayal of Ricochet? I mean, like, were you were you down his on promo him? Still yeah. sucks. Then, his, like, sorry, yeah, that's but he didn't another talk failure in NXT. NXT. And he was like a main player there. Like I, I, I well, that, I'm not going to defend his promo. He's a terrible promo, and I don't think that's going to improve uh, in, in a different company. But I hardly think it's the disqualifier you make it out to be. That's a that's a failure on NXT. Um, sorry, NXT is developmental when you're bringing in these these guys. Like Ricochet, ring work isn't something he needed to work on while he's on developmental. He should have been getting better at that. And I can't say I've ever seen any effort being put in. And I think that that is kind of why I'm negative on him is I've never seen any improvement. And if you know that's a weakness of your game, like Ricochet knows he's a fantastic wrestler, you need to improve the rest. And sorry, like while you're in that system, you aren't going to progress if if you can't cut a promo. Yeah. Um, the hate, you're going to get hate. Yeah, bring it. Um, <laughs> but my, my pick uh, is Undisputed Era. Like, how, how WWE just let these guys go. Um, I think there's, like, when we, whenever we've gone to, like, a takeover or whatever, it's, it's undisputed shirts everywhere. They're merch movers. Um, I can't believe these guys didn't have a main roster. They're so over. You go to the yeah. city, any city, any takeovers we went to anywhere, it would be just over. And how, would, how did you not just, not just do an instant shield versus era thing needed yeah. to happen? Like at era the time, bloodline. you could have done it. Yeah, you could have done that. There's so many different I things. I think it would have been a real shot in the arm that the main roster needed. Something exciting, like the whole group coming over and just yeah, running rough shot like, like the shield did back in the day. I think they th- there was so much money on the table merchandise-wise. Like I, I think, okay, I, I, I would have worried about any of them moving up individually. Uh, because of the size thing but when you're a group of four 
it doesn't really matter so much that you're you're small. It, it obviously did, though, Davey. Like yeah. that. I mean, that tells you the tale right there of NXT when those four were under were under your system for all those years, and at the drop of a hat, you could have brought them up. And obviously, that was not what they wanted out of mm. uh, to, to add to the main roster. And 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 another likely unlikely is Adam Cole becoming even bigger and and badder. Like honestly, this guy's still so young, and yeah. he killed it on the Indies. He killed it in NXT. He's going to do the exact same thing. Uh, and and he's he's not my pick. I'm going to jump in because my pick is you just mentioned pretty much my pick. You said the undisputed era. They're a part of my pick. Most underutilized is the NXT roster. It's not just them. Look at all the other people that disappeared. Mm. Like uh, there's also Isaiah Swerve Scott. He was the hit row thing. Yeah, I loved hit row. I thought it was going to be an innovative thing, a great backing force for the main guy who is Swerve Scott. This guy reminds me of like Shawn Michaels in the ring because he's got the promo skills, but in a new way too. It this guy is money, and I would love to see him go back to the the GCWs and hopefully eventually on a TV thing because all these guys from NXT were just sitting there for so long. Johnny Gargano could be the same thing. I know there's people that don't like him, but if you give him that Daniel Bryan spot, which they did in NXT, it worked so well. I don't understand. Like, there's so many dream matches I hope we get out of Gargano uh, going forward in the next little while. But, like, everyone from NXT just so underutilized. You had stars. You had all these people, and you just let it go, and now you put a fresh paint over, and you primed Shawn Michaels and Triple H gave all these guys all their secrets, and they're going to go use them and become big stars. So in the end, they were the developmental for making stars out of non-WWE stars, making the machine against WWE even even better, but most underutilized, like just anyone from NXT before they painted over it. They they even they painted over with the electrical sockets. They didn't they didn't quickly. They just went, just slopped it all over, and that's what they did, and that's what they deserve. Because Adam Cole should be a big star. Red Dragon should be a big thing. And they, look at their Titan Tron; it looks great. But Swerve Scott too has to be. Next category is worst broadcaster. In 2020, Way and I chose Shane McMahon as the host of Raw Underground. <laughs> oh yeah, sick. <laughs> Braden's Braden's pick was Josh Matthews, and Davey selected. Jim Ross. So for this year, uh, we will kick things off with Davey with worst broadcaster of 2021. Uh, yeah, I can't say anyone really stood out. Um, I'm torn between two here. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with uh, Adnan Verk. Bless him. Um, just didn't 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 work at all, did it? Um, Way in over really his head. Weighing over his head, really didn't know what was going on. Uh, you saw like Corey Gra- Graves really leading the ship there, but I feel bad like dunking on him here because he clearly realised that as well because he yeah uh, he left and um, but yeah just just wasn't good especially for the uh, the flagship show. Anytime I watched clips of him and he was commentating, I was like, "Whoa, what's going on? Like, what's going on here? This is weird." So I I do have him written down. Um, but I get, I'm going to pick him, but honorable mention goes to, I'm sorry, but Mark Henry, just because he says it's time for the main event doesn't mean anything else he says is really good. I, I love Mark Henry. I think he's a sweetheart. He's a giant teddy bear. But when he's on commentary, I, I, I'm like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, he, he wasn't good on yeah. commentary. <laughs> my, my pick was Adnan Verk. I mean, I, I think it was just um, a total, I, I think if you're coming into this, like you're not familiar with the, the industry and what you're getting yourself into. This is not a 
typical sports broadcast job. Like you are you are a character essentially and you're being heavily produced and you have to you have to know this stuff inside and out and you have to be a special kind of personality to last in that hot seat uh on Raw or SmackDown that some are just not going to acclimate themselves to. And yeah, it it was a experiment that was short lived, but I mean this was, you know, your 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 Monday night flagship show, and it was just it was just an experiment that did not work um, for the six or so weeks that it lasted. So that was my choice. How about you, Way? Same at Edinburgh. You know, um, I I think though this honor um, shouldn't just be you know owned by Adnan Burke himself, but it should really go towards the WWE uh, for giving him the offer in the first place you know the, by by any stretch like this should not have happened you know if you're Adnan Verk, maybe you should have maybe understood um the audience and maybe the demands of this particular job a little bit better before accepting but come on it's a it's a job i'm sure it paid decently well i understand why he would take it i do not understand why he was offered it uh and i do not understand why he was not given proper training before he was being put out there on live tv so this is as much of a indictment on the people who put him in that spot as as uh at Enverk himself all right the next category is worst gimmick last year okay what a what a plethora of gimmicks we had last year so my choice was the nightmare collective way chose eric rowan and the mysterious tarantula <laughs> <laughs> Braden, your pick was Miro and Kip Sabian as the gamers, and Davies just overall was the fiend, Bray Wyatt. So in 2021, uh, let us kick things off with Braden with Worst Gimmick. I mean, if you've been watching or listening, watching NXT or listening to Up Next, there's a whole list of gimmicks out there. We mentioned poker players. There's, uh, damn, what did we have? I feel like there's a, there was a new one, too. I mean, the possession one's pretty bad. Um, there was the weird thing that, like, why was Kyle and Von Wagner, like, what was the deal with that there? I don't know what that was. In the woods drinking beer. They're in the woods. They were just out there. That was pretty out there. There's been that Draco guy who's just been drinking coffee and then disappeared. Like, it's like a neo-noir. It's like Sin City, but he's just drinking coffee and, yeah, I don't know. I think he's feuding with Von Wagner now. I don't know. Now he's not showing up at all. I, I, I don't know. There's just been so many, and... They're they're laughable. We mentioned their experiments and they're laughable. And it's like, why is this guy a poker player? Like, come on, why you're what, 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 you're wearing a vest? You, you really have it out for Duke Hudson with the, uh, the poker <laughs> man. That, uh, just uh, but then but then I think like how much that all this made me laugh. Jacket time. Sorry, Kushida and and uh, you. Ikeman, what is it? Who is Jiro. it? Ikman Jiro. Jiro just hanging out in the bathroom for no reason. Like, come on, what's going on? It's so stupid. But. I think of all these terrible, terrible things, and I had to go off. But when I really just deep down think about it, Alexa Bliss being evil and playing with a doll that does things was the just the absolute top get worst gimmick I've seen. She, I'm not the biggest Bliss fan, but she deserves better than that. And I thought that was just the dumbest shit. I've, specifically, I have ingrained in my head is when Eva Marie – oh, yeah, she came back too – falls over in the playground or something it was a weird trips over trips himself. over or something oh my it's i can't get it out it's the word it's so bad so worst gimmick is alexa bliss i'm sorry well uh way why don't you follow us up with your worst gimmick of 2021 was it something of the supernatural variety I guess depends on your uh, definition of supernatural um first i want to give an honorable mention to 
this isn't really so much a gimmick per se, but it felt like the best place to to mention this, and that's Drew McIntyre's stretch of Scottish history lessons that he suddenly <laughs> broke into mid promo. I do not understand why this was the direction that you wanted to take your top baby face at the time. Uh, title or no title, I don't think I, I I can't imagine how anybody thought this was a good idea, and I think the man did the best he could with it. But God, it's like it was it was just really, really unfortunate for, for the time period. And I'm glad to see that they moved on. But my worst gimmick, and I mainly choose this one because of the amount of uh, airtime it's received the and the longevity of it. It is Baron slash Happy Corbin. You can maybe throw in a bit of Madcap Moss in there as well. You know, the man started off the year uh, <laughs> really broken. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah I, and he went I to Vegas like, and he scored. I don't won. know if I should... I I almost don't know if I should give it the worst because like I, I we you know we I do get a bit of pleasure out of it but it 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 only lasts so long when I have to watch it week after week. Um, the transformation from him off screen on dot com winning a casino jackpot and becoming a rich man. When the rumors that Happy Corbin was a name that was actually a trademark, I don't think any of us believed it. Um, but sure enough, here we are. You know, enjoying not just one Happy Corbin, but. Um, the addition of a madcap moss as well. Uh, I I had uh, a few mentions here. I think the House of Torture in New Japan was just an awful group that just was the bane of my existence watching some of these New Japan shows built around evil and Dick Togo and throwing show into the into the mix here that was just a mess for, for him on top of it. Um, but yeah, it was for, for me the stuff that I've just I'm just so tired of is is anything like Mei Ying and Boa, which let's let's give credit where it's due. This came out of the prior regime of NXT. This is not an NXT 2.0 creation. I thought the Mei Ying stuff like what a what a gigantic miss that was for that that audience. Uh, the Hardy family office in AEW. It just seems like this is this is just where we just it's. Like we just file everything that doesn't have some some grouping, uh, they end up in the Hardy family office. But I did go with Alexa Bliss and Lily uh, for worst gimmick of the year. From you know Shayna Baszler ending a uh, a show where she's locked in a room with uh, with Lily, and we're just left to believe what happened. Uh, cutting to Lily, who suddenly appears on a turnbuckle pad. I mean. Thank God we're out of the Thunderdome. That seems to have uh, decreased uh, that kind of stuff. But it, it was it was brutal. And I tie in all the Fiend and Randy Orton stuff as like a, a subsection uh, of all of that. So you can lump it all together. But Alexa Bliss and Lily is my official choice. How about you, Davey? Mine is the poker player. <laughs> I... I do not get it at all. I think there's... I think credit to Cameron Grimes for like making it this feud somewhat entertaining. I think he's incredible uh, what he's been able to deal with some of the shit, but um, what, like why is, why is Duke Hudson dressed as Aladdin from like a pantomime? What's has anyone on writing this show ever gone to a casino and played poker? Cause people don't wear gold vests topless. <laughs> like it's, it, that's not he's, a thing. He's a dealer, right? No, he's playing though. He's, he's dealing and playing. He plays, yeah, he yeah, plays. I think he he's both. he's supposed to be like the player, but they they don't have a proper way of dress for poker players. Sorry, but what croupiers have you seen dressed like this? <laughs> I mean, I, what I, kind I, of casinos he, are you going to? You would like dealers wear vests. 
Not the, not not the sparkly. He's wearing Razor Ramon's vest. Yeah. It's Aladdin's vest. Uh, I don't know. Uh, also, Players have like their button buttons undone on like the top three, and then they've got like like nachos in there as well because they they're on like a eighteen hour bender. And and then just uh, this guy is also terrible at poker. He's getting so worked <laughs> up. That he, he's getting so worked up that he's been bluffed. That is like. That's what you. That's poker. That is the game. You you play the man, not the cards. All of that. I don't know. It's just stupid. I don't know. He, what he lost at every turn to Cameron Grimes. They played multiple poker game. games. He lost. <laughs> not once did he win. Like he lost at every turn to Cameron Grimes. Like he like was this, completely outwitted. He's not good at his gimmick at all. <laughs> like, um, and it's a shame because I, I I do think there's something with Duke Hudson. Uh, I I think he could be. Uh, I think he could be quite entertaining, but this is just one of the... Uh, I, I'd say he feels a little more seasoned than some of your people in 2.0. Like, he's not someone that screams at me needing a gimmick, necessarily. Um, it's just very, very odd. Yeah, it's so weird. Up next is Worst on the Mic. In 2020, myself and Davey chose Ricochet. Way picked Riddle. And Braden. <laughs> Uh, in both 2019 and 2020, selected Lana. So maybe that streak will be broken by Braden this year. I am going to kick off this one. As you said, odd. That is this guy's gimmick. And it is not translated into a so weird, it's it's interesting. He's just not great as a speaker. Von Wagner. <laughs> this is a guy that when he was out in the woods with Kyle O'Reilly, if he had a compass he would not be able to detect any charisma. He has been uh, just a guy thrown on TV that I, I just, anytime this man opens his mouth, it is like this This is a man that should not be talking at this stage of the game. And sometimes you can get like these, these lumbering brutes that it becomes kind of uh, like ironically funny when they're self-aware. He is far from that stage uh, at, at this point. So uh, Von Wagner remains a mystery on NXT 2.0, and maybe that is the intended uh, direction. Wait, man, can I, was, I, I need to jump in, John. You're totally, you're totally right, because he does the... <sighs> and, and that's why I, I've, I have to jump in, because he has coined our famous phrase now. I mean, we do... NXT airs on Tuesdays, and we do up next Tuesday nights. We, we call it Come Tuesday because that's what Von Wagner has issued that Tuesday nights are now. And he, every time he talks, I'm just like, come on. I, you're, he's, a great, he's actually a really great wrestler. But right at, you're right. At this Von Wagner right now, is a great wrestler? No, like he's, <laughs> he's, a, good, he's a good wrestler. Honestly, I, I could see him, him going somewhere. But it's the, this, this promo. And, he, and, and then he offers Kyle O'Reilly a beer. And Kyle's like, wow, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard of. A beer? Whoa, you're amazing. It's, it's so bad. But he's doing the, ah. Ah, and I, I, come on, we've moved on from this. Have we? Even Braun Breaker, he does the grunts and stuff. It works. He's he got charisma. Yeah, he's got it. He's got some like there's something that's so there. But Vaughn is so I, I I agree with you, John, and that's why I picked him because uh, he he's so like 1991 or something like the like just get no, not good, not good, not good. I, yeah. I think he like, like a guy that I, like I'm not gonna like just. Uh, totally give up on in this system it's just like this yeah. is this is a perfect example of someone that's been thrust into the deep end on television and it's you're gonna see a lot of these where it's gonna be very difficult for some of these performers to overcome their sh their shortcomings at 
the beginning stages of their careers. And th- this guy is not just coming out of nowhere. Like he's been in the system uh, for, for a while at this point, but it is, you know, he's, he's, he's a pushed character on NXT 2.0 and being put in these situations that are daunting on a weekly basis for someone of his <laughs> limited experience level. How about you, Davey? Um, I mean, like Braden, I think he's a really, really incredible wrestler, but uh, it's, <laughs> it's Von Wagner as well. Yeah, is it? Uh, the only difference, I mean, you, you both said it all. The only difference between me and John is I, I do get that ironic enjoyment when he's on. Like if I see, we laugh. If we I see Wagner's cutting a promo, I, I kind of want to watch because I, I do find it entertaining for all the wrong reasons. Um, <laughs> Come to last, last week it was the, who the hell are you? Yeah, he's just... uh, like Malik Blade. <laughs> Wonderful, great stuff, but yeah, terrible, terrible. Uh, yes, shout out yeah, Trick did. Williams too. <laughs> I think Trick Williams is like fine, to be honest, as as a talker. Uh, Way, yeah, I'm gonna break the streak, guys. Um, okay. I'm going with my worst on the mic this year, Seth Rollins. Um, <laughs> somebody who I know. I don't know. I I know plenty of people who might like him, who might think he's doing. Man, even some I've seen some people say that he's doing the best work of his career. I have seen um, none of that. So we fall. <laughs> I I don't think this is an outlandish like pick in the least. I think he well, the said fact that, that on the Stone Cold Sessions, but yeah, the fact that it's continued for yeah, maybe he's the one who actually said it. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that it's continued, the architect. <laughs> the fact that it's continued for as long as it has, um, I I think tells you that they they're plenty happy with it, and he's he's probably ecstatic about it. I just think that every time the man is on the microphone on TV, it's just it it, it feels like a guy who, oh, like who who is trying. He's acting really hard to be like Heath Ledger um, and, and doing a terrible job of like, you know, getting into that space of character. I, you know, I, I, I have to give credit like for people, you know, attempting to be creative and, and doing something outside of their comfort zone. But I think this is an experiment that has gone on long enough. And, and to me, like with pretty um, dissatisfying results. So uh, for me, it's Seth Rollins. All right. The next one is going to be worst event of 2021 last year a clean sweep all four of us choosing wwe super showdown from saudi arabia uh this year we will start off with davy i yeah i'm going for SummerSlam. um it was really that marked the point where like i was done done with the main roster after that um i think there were probably were shows but i just the the bianca belair sasha banks thing we've already talked about um, you had Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal on this show. Uh, this was the first show I, I recall, like the just the amount of commercials. And this was okay. They did WrestleMania with crowds. This was their first like like full. Like they were treating this like a WrestleMania, this SummerSlam. And I mean Alexa Bliss, Eva Marie on this show. It was just long. I remember sleeping live on Twitch during this show. <laughs> I went and to that's bed. how bad I left. it was. I left. I and got up to look. We, we made the call. We were going to do a post show. We haven't done a main roster post show since. Um, we just made the call on the show. We were like this. Sorry, I, I'm not enjoying this anymore. I want to go to I want to go home. I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to be here anymore. So yeah, SummerSlam. And they, they probably had worse shows than that this year, but it, it marked it marked the death of my love for WWE that day. Wow. <laughs> Way did anything put you to sleep this year from an event perspective? 
Um, I'm, I'm sure it has. Yeah. You know, I always find this one to be one of the tougher categories to choose from because especially in recent times, because I'll, I'll say, you know, um, I, I'm the first to criticize like a bad weekly show, but to me, the pay-per-views of, of the main roster have always like managed to be pretty good in ring like you might not agree with a lot of the booking decisions but like belt to belt i think this is a chance where the roster that we have today is really able to shine so i i i hesitate to say that i've been that upset by any sort of a premium live event offering um so i had to kind of dig deeper you know to monday night raw and i've felt plenty of times where i just felt like my time was completely wasted for three hours I, I could have gone on with, with with a number of selections, um, including the the June seventh edition of Raw, which featured the Shayna Baszler um, seeing Lily in the in the mirror uh, ending that that was completely <laughs> fucked up in a weird way. But I instead went with the October eleventh edition of Raw. You know, and this comes straight straight off of a weekend where Big E appeared at the uh, Wilder versus Fury fight. He he appeared uh, on Fox. Uh, you know, doing the um, uh, uh, opening for the Iowa Hawkeyes game. Uh, so he's coming off of quite the high. And the edition of Raw that followed it up was a show-long storyline with him and Drew McIntyre basically trying to, you know, play a game of one-upsmanship, leading to a main event between the two that ended in a double countout. Um, it also featured Shelton and Cedric ending up back together after a feud with no explanation whatsoever. Queen's Crown matches that got no time, of course, and then this Becky Charlotte Bianca Sasha tag match that was interrupted by a commercial before it actually got going and then ended with another non finish. So it was just one of those shows where I, I, I think I just probably left it um pretty demoralized, you know. Uh and, and that's more than I can say for any pay per view event this year. Wow. All right. I uh let's let's go with Braden. Yeah, I mean, I don't watch – I watch the Raw clips on Twitter. So, I mean, there seems to be so many that I am sure the Raws are just been so bad. The one you described sounds awful. But I I would, I have to say it's SummerSlam because I, I did just up and – I was like, I'm out, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm out. But the one I actually watched fully through was Survivor Series. And I felt like I just watched one long seven-hour, nine-hour commercial. And any, everything in it felt like an ad. And then when it, you thought it was going to lead to something, it, it didn't one way. And there was an egg for some reason. Oh, was it was, a, they were celebrating The Rock. They were celebra- they? Oh, they were, <laughs> yeah, they spent nine hours jerking off The Rock for no money shot. And it was like, all right, cool. Not that, you know, The Rock coming out to do really nothing would be so exciting anyways in the first place. So it's it was just weird. I just didn't like what they did with all these advertisements and it in between matches that were had advertisements. I hate when a wrestler has to pretend pizza hut is good. Uh, I'm like, it's a pay-per-view do this on raw. Don't do this on a pay-per-view and survivor series doesn't mean anything anymore anyways. So I felt like this was just a complete waste of time. Me and you decided to watch it and we were just so bored. We're like, we're just watching commercials. Why we should just leave. We should just watch something else. Uh, It just felt like, when you watch a YouTube clip and it, the ads just keep coming and coming and you never you end up don't even want to watch what you were watching anyways because you're just so mad at these ads. That's what I got from Survivor Series. I, too, went with an episode of Raw, but I'm going to the uh, the tried and true episode from August 30th at the Paycom Center in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. This uh, show featured uh, 
three advertised matches, none of which took place on the show. Um, what ended up truly being a rarity that I didn't realize at the time but can appreciate now, Veer wrestled on this show, teaming with Jinder Mahal. We got Eva Marie and Dewdrop that was scheduled to take place, but instead uh, the referee deemed that Eva is unable to compete tonight, and Dewdrop announced herself as the winner, but it gets better. I believe this was the night that Karrion Cross introduced his mask for the first time against <laughs> Umberto Carrillo. Um, and then it got into the, the real money of this show. Uh, one of the m- completely disastrous matches of the entire year between Charlotte Flair and Nia Jax. That was just uh, an unmitigated mess. And while everyone remembers that match, I bet they forget the follow-up, which was a horrendous singles match between Omos and John Morrison that only went two minutes, uh, but it should live in infamy. Uh, this was a terrible edition of Raw from August 30th. So, so that is my worst show of 2021. Worst feud. Uh, last year for uh, worst feud, we had, as, I, uh, as I, I pull this up here, actually, we have... Worst feud was myself choosing Lana versus Nia Jax. Way picked the Street Profits against the Viking Raiders. Braden, you went with Evil against Tetsuya Naito. And Bra- uh, Davey, you also chose Lana versus Nia Jax, the feud that just would never end uh, in 2020. Uh, but this year, let's kick things off with Braden with Worst Feud of the Year. Yeah, uh, I feel like it's Alexa Bliss versus anyone in that feud or or the same could be said for Matt Hardy versus anyone just it feels like it goes on for months and it never truly ends is what the the Matt Hardy stuff in AEW cuz it's just like I don't quite understand the Hardy family office and 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 they he just keeps feuding with everyone and I I could the same thing when it was Alexa Bliss and the Lily stuff. It's like anyone she infected. You mentioned Shane. Yeah. It's like anytime you brought in anyone involved, Randy and stuff, it just made it worse. So that is, I'm going to have to probably pick Matt Hardy over it just because it makes me mad because I'm like, this is a good show. Why are we doing this? Uh, So I'm going to go with that. Matt Hardy versus anyone. I'm going to piggyback off of that to be a bit more specific. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. That Um, is what we asked for. (laughs) <laughs> no, but Matt Hardy versus yeah, anyone. But uh, you know how I, I think Sandra Bullock once won the Oscar and the Razzie in the same year. I'm doing the same this year because my feud of the year was Hangman Page, Kenny Omega. Worst feud of the year is Hangman Page, Matt Hardy, um, which was a pay-per-view match at Revolution. Sure, we've had this great Hangman story. This wasn't part of it. They were... You had this big money Matt character and the, the winner of this match was going to get the other person's first quarter earnings Matt Hardy lost oh yeah Matt Hardy lost and there was nothing that came with that in fact he actually hired a load more people to come into his office Jack Evans free Jack Evans AWA I uh like I compliment for their storytelling and and the logic and stuff but there wasn't any in this there were no like repercussions after we didn't I thought we were going to get... We've had broken Matt Hardy. I thought we were going to get broke Matt broke Hardy Matt following Hardy. this. Just something. But no, instead he, what, hired the butcher, the blade, the bunny, the, the flower pot men, like everyone. Jorah, Jorah. Jorah, this. Jara something. Yeah, Jorel. Um, like all of these people. It, yeah. And it was just for a, a pay-per-view match for Hangman, like when you're building him up as the guy, it's like, sorry, but Matt Hardy isn't like, no. A little is TV it? feud for a couple of weeks, sure. 
Isn't like Jor-El a, Superman's dad? Yeah, Neil before this Zod. Jorah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the guy's name. <laughs> okay. Jorah Joel. Jor-El. Well, Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy was everyone's kryptonite, I think, uh, that was watching wow. AEW. So, uh, worst feud, I, I went with uh, The Fiend and Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton, all incarnations of it. Um, Orton and The Fiend for all the time. Like, dude, they started this feud last year where you set uh, The Fiend on fire at the end of 2020. This went all the way to WrestleMania where we got uh, Randy Orton vomiting up black stuff. We had the the double Randys where some modulated voice of Randy confronted Randy on a screen. I dug up all this this week, so this is why it's (laughs) top of mind. And then the payoff was like a brutal match at WrestleMania that went five minutes. And then... The aftermath was Randy and Alexa Bliss feuding after this that led to a match between them. So, I mean, uh, at the very least, it took up so much time for nothing. Way, worst feud. Same pick as you. Uh, Randy Orton versus Alexa Bliss and The Fiend, any combination thereof. I mean, you know, I I, I, I do think, like, it, it's really unfortunate that Bray Wyatt's no longer with this company because I think he's really shown signs of really understanding what his character is supposed to be. And you, you see varying qualities and, and effects of, of how that's played out. But this was a year where, you know, with, with pretty limited appearances, I have to say, um, it, it, what somebody taking his a lot of his ideas maybe he's to blame for, for it himself but just totally going off the rails with it anytime we saw alexa with the gimmick i think it's it's been some of the worst parts of the bray wyatt per- persona um leading to very unsatisfying matches and on-screen presentations including the black goop on the top of the box at a wrestlemania no less <laughs> so very uh you know, no, no redeeming qualities of it, unfortunately, this year. So, yeah, we, we see uh, whether or not it it makes a return in any way. The worst promotion of the year. We all chose WWE last year. And this year, uh, I went um, I went in a different path. I'm not going to say that I am uh, I am following this uh, with any kind of regularity. Uh, but I, I thought, like, the worst promotion this year, just in terms of, like, uh, a lot of problems that were full uh, for this company. And that was CMLL in Mexico that has been uh, such a dominant force uh, for 88 years in this country. Uh, they have many, many advantages, but from talent, disgruntled talent that has left this year uh, with Mystico 2, uh, the new generation Dinamitas, uh, public criticism by talent of the company and its internal structure. I think it's had... Uh, an enormous uh, series of problems uh, since Paco Alonso's passing a number of years ago. The anniversary show this year, which for people that are not following regularly, the anniversary card was one of those must-see shows every year. And granted, they have been hit like everyone from the pandemic, but the anniversary show just kind of came and went this year with so little fanfare. And, you know, we, we can easily point to the creative of WWE, but the the other side of that coin is always going to be that as a just strictly using like its business uh, as justification, it's never been stronger. And I think CMLL this year, you just saw so much fan dissatisfaction uh, with the company of just uh, all of the the problems uh, within that company that seem to be playing themselves out uh, publicly. But let's go to Way next for worst promotion. Yeah, it's always a good uh, point, you know, to think about whether or not we should be commending a, a promotion based off of financial success or uh, creative success. 
Um, I think for the purposes of my selecting process, it's it's probably more so the creative end of things. Um, if if I mean if we go by that logic, I think we have to give WWE best promotion, don't we? Um, so I think it it obviously is going to be some sort of balance in between. But I did go with WWE this year for worst promotion. Um, I just think it continues to be a company that, you know, despite all the resources that it has, still seems to weather away whatever fan support that it still has. Uh, and this year, I feel like that was probably in in bigger motion than previous. Davey. Yeah, WWE. It, it's the same thing. I I I follow this from a creative point of view. I don't have shares in WWE or any of these companies. Like I, it's interesting, but at the end of the day, I want to be entertained, and I'm not. And then when you're seeing the amount of incredible talent they're releasing as well, on top of that, you you get just bad feeling. They don't treat us with respect. We've mentioned like the bait and switch at SummerSlam and that kind of thing. It's and then you took away the one good part of your company, which was NXT. Um, so, yeah, e- easily WWE for worst promotion for me. They still have NXT UK, though. That's true. Yeah. I, I picked WWE as well. All the things you guys mentioned. It's like I, I grew up loving this stuff and watching this stuff. And then it, I hit a point where I, I just I cannot do I can't watch it. It's something I don't enjoy watching. So I cut it out completely. And now as a wrestling fan, I'm. Uh, I was too young to to watch the Monday Night Wars and stuff. I uh, you know I wasn't in in there. And then now that there's something else, an alternative that is weekly and and like local, essentially uh, something I can watch. And it, it's become so apparent that I don't. It's I'm done with like I've been done with it. And I I love listening to you guys. And even right now, just run down all this ridiculous stuff they've been doing. It's like they're so they're just. Creatively, what's going on? We, we does does Vince McMahon need to die for things to change? Is what like everyone keeps probably thinking because it's like when will this change? Because you look at the different eras and and they love to to jerk themselves off with the Attitude Era all the time. And it's like look at the different eras they go through and they change. It's been so long before since they've changed. It's been the same like cookie cutter stuff. It's all everyone everyone's got the Titan Tron with their name and the music even sucks these days. What happened to the music? So everything about it is just nothing I want to watch at all. And then, yeah, they even stripped NXT, which I liked. So I was like, ah, why do I – screw you guys. All right. We're, uh, we're getting to the final categories. <laughs> and uh, that, that would be, I think, the second uh, masturbatory uh, analogy that Brayden has made on this show. Everybody worst, does it, John. Worst tag team. Uh, last year, Davey, you had Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce. Braden's pick was Miro and Kip Sabian. Way you went with Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, and I went with Indusheer. Remember them? <laughs> <laughs> Send Veer. Uh, I'll start this one off. Uh, my worst tag team, uh, because I- I'm not even so much looking at just like uh, a bad wrestling team. It was just to me oil and water from the beginning of pairing these two together, and once they broke them up, it was like what a revelation and what a what an albatross that this tag team was for this one individual. So I picked Miro and Kip Sabian. It was a tag team that I just, I thought had no chemistry. I didn't enjoy, like I'm not a gamer, so I didn't really get into this at all. And it didn't seem like uh, gamers were (laughs) arguing with me either that this is some fine art that's being demonstrated on a weekly basis. Uh, It finally built up to that wedding segment. It was a nothing wedding segment, which is usually a layup in pro wrestling. Uh, I didn't enjoy that segment either. And then when they finally did the injury angle, because Kip was hurt and Miro went off. Miro was a different person. This breakup was the greatest thing that happened for him. Uh, this year and this tag team, I think it only 
kind of um, handcuffed him from really branching out and finding this this new Redeemer character. So, uh, Davey, your worst tag team. Well, you know when I enjoy my tag team wrestling, I like to throw on my steak. And you know how I like my steak, John? And that is medium rare, because everybody knows that the worst tag team of 2021 is Briggs and Jensen. Yeah. The guys who finish each other's sentences. sentences. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even plan that. <laughs> oh, these guys suck, but I get so much enjoyment watching these two. Oh, my God. Um, their vignettes. Uh, I think it's just the one it, specific one where they're in their backyard barbecuing, <laughs> talking about what it's like to be a man. And, and they're, they're throwing, throwing horseshoes on hooks. They're throwing horseshoes. Yeah, and, and one of them gave the story of like losing it and beating a guy with like his football helmet when he was... Yeah. Like, that, like that's assault. I don't have any kind of... Like, this is not a baby face. No, what was assault but, was but, one of them eats their steaks really, really But he, he did say his dad was pleased that he didn't tarnish the family name. Uh, I've the, watched this video yeah, a we, lot. <laughs> we watched this uh, a few times now. But it's just... It feels like Josh Briggs, especially. I don't believe in this like flannel wearing bis. Yeah, like, describe these guys. They're like cowboys. No, they're just uh, Texas. Yeah, people. country uh. boys. They like to drink. They like to eat steak. Like, and they like picture flannel ripped off sleeves. It's freebird t-shirt. Like Briggs always walks with his hand on his belt buckle, and it just looks so unnatural to him. Like they're. And then you've had these them going to the the country concert with Caden and Casey. Yeah, honorable mention who, to Casey and Caden. At least Caden and Casey, I find entertaining in ring. I but I they have as much like go away heat from me as these two. Yeah. And then they paired the four yeah. of them together. Oh my god, it was so at this bad. country show, like country music festival, and you see everyone else who's there being like, "Can these guys fuck off? What are they <laughs> doing?" As they're they're filming, they're they're line dancing. Um, it was weird. The the two girls, uh, the two girls start dancing with each other, and and Briggs and Jensen's reactions, like that, they've just started making out. It was rare where that it's so bad. It's and the, the weirdest. These thing. guys just terrible. the one the one specific like their wrestling also is just so bland. Nothing yeah. has like I've watched Josh Briggs before. Not like their steak. Some- yeah. yeah. <laughs> the thing is, Jensen likes his well done, so maybe his. Yeah, Jensen blind. needs to figure things yeah. out. At least Briggs knows how to cook a steak. And it, yeah, it's just weird. Like, the wrestling has been so just nothing, complete nothing in the short while that they've been here. Like, bless them, but man, it is just not it. I, I highly recommend watching the one promo where they're barbecuing and it cuts to them, finish each other's sentences. And Beautiful. Stuff. Yeah. Is, is that your pick? Yeah. Braden? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I have honorable tag ma- team in for this. Yeah, one. yeah. <laughs> uh, Casey and Caden definitely have to be an honorable mention. Uh, I, I'm just not a big fan of, of them. I, I can't think of any other ones, honestly. I, I didn't like Kyle and Von Wagner tagging simply because of the one out there in the woods video. That was that just, match was good though. The matches were good, so yeah, I can't give it to them. But yeah, Briggs and Jensen. He is an incredible wrestler, Brayden. <laughs> And uh, round it out for us, Way. What is your worst tag team? Yeah, you know, for this category, um, I I don't know if there are as many that like just kind of stand out to me because I think I at this point, uh, my bar is set so low that I give a lot of credit for teams that actually have a reason to team together. Um, uh, like you know that that to, to me already puts puts them a, a apart. So I'm gonna go instead with a stable. 
And this is a stable that I don't think has any really real reason to, to pair together. And that's the Hardy family office from AEW, the entire faction. I'm just going to throw them all in there. Uh, you know, they're great wrestlers that are individually in there. And I think we've seen like really good stand up performances from every single one of them. The Butcher and the Blade have, I think, had, had a really good year. The Bunny ended off her year tremendously. But um, I can't really say the same for the unit as a whole, who just kind of come out and seem to be scattered all through uh, a bunch of their storylines. Matt Hardy, I think, unfortunately, is not a very good leader as a mouthpiece, nor is the story content and the reason for them banding together all that strong and well thought out. So that's my pick for worst tag team slash stable. We continue down the list. Up next is worst female wrestler last year. Way, Braden, and Davey selected Nia Jax. I went with Billy Kay. And we will start things off with Braden. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I picked Nia Jax like, for the past few years. Uh, I just wasn't a big fan. Um, uh, you went with it, Jessamine Duke the year prior. Who's that? <laughs> Is that the NXT? MMA. Yeah. Oh, Jasmine Duke. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. This year, uh, I'd probably say Nia Jax again to complete the trifecta there or something. I know I picked her a bunch before, but uh, I do. Correct me if I'm wrong. Eva Marie wrestled this year, right? She did. Mm-hmm. OK, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Eva Marie uh, just because. Uh, I, no, I didn't really watch her, though. So it's not fair. Nia Jax. <laughs> I did go with Eva Marie because I did okay. watch this year, and it was not a great comeback. It was not, uh, to me, a character that... I mean, they ran tons of vignettes for her before she came back. I don't think the dewdrop thing really ever got going, and you know, and it was... And then she, she, she left the company afterwards. I thought it was a really nothing return for Eva Marie this year, and just not... Um, not what not what people wanted, and it was not even like a, a character that you saw. You know, WWE seemed to be all that into, and if anything, it was s- sort of more for what Dewdrop got out of it. And then uh, moving on, and they had to turn her heel to work with Bianca Belair for a couple of weeks. So that was my choice, uh, Eva Marie, Davy. Um, I went for Alexa Bliss and. I, I actually don't mind Alexa Bliss as a performer, but it, it it's unfortunately just been everything she's been given this year. Like the uh, she was doing that psychic psychic stuff during the Money in the Bank match where I think Zelina was going to grab it and she just like stared at her and pulled it out. All that hokey stuff was so awful. The stuff with Shayna was awful. The stuff with Randy was awful. Um, and it's it's yeah it's it's the the bad gimmick has le- led to bad matches, and I think she had a lot of very bad matches this year. So, unfortunately, it's Alexa Bliss. Three different picks. What is yours, Way? Uh, I'm going to go with Eva Marie as well, John. I mean, I I feel like the gimmick was that she was a bad wrestler. Uh, so I, she's a winner. She, so she, <laughs> yeah, she she wins the category. I think they set her out to to win. I mean, I I don't think she was rehired, you know, for her wrestling ability. Um, I think it was the fact that they thought she was going to be a great way to get heat to try to build somebody like a dewdrop. And I don't know how far that experiment was supposed to go. Um, I have to think that maybe it was probably supposed to go a bit longer than what it did end up doing. Um, but nonetheless, like if we're talking a combination of both in ring quality and also micro, uh, on 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 my quality, I 
I think she ranks really low in terms of in-ring. And on the microphone, I didn't think we saw all that much either. So uh, kind of came and went uh, with a bit of a whimper. So Eva Marie. All right. Two votes for Eva Marie. One for Nia Jax. One for Alexa Bliss. That takes us to worst male wrestler of the year. Braden and I chose Velveteen Dream last year. Way, you picked Evil, and Davey went with Matt Hardy. So <laughs> oh. He's always getting in there, that Matt Hardy. Sneaking in somewhere. Let's, uh, let's go back to Way. Way's going to kick off worst male wrestler of the year. I'm going to repeat with Evil this year. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, I, there's nothing really that kind of like I hate more in professional wrestling than like patterned matches that I feel like I've seen a whole lot. And uh, when you extend that by like to 30 minute lengths for the sake of having to go long, um, that to me is like wrestling at its worst. You know, I can, I, I take man, like a shitty three minute match, uh, over a really boring, repetitive and derivative 30 minute match with a lot of cheating at the end any day. So I went with evil again this year. All right, we go to Davey next for worst male wrestler. I went for Omos. Um, I think we've we've moved far beyond the time of just being tall is enough. This this guy's shown nothing in ring for me. Uh, I don't think he's even taken a bump yet. I can't really see him improving much. Sure, it, the visual of him stood next to AJ is cool. I need a bit more than that in wrestling, and I I'm sure when you've seen some of the when you've got someone like a like a, a DiJack on your roster who you saw the stuff he could do in NXT as a big guy, and yet you've got this guy who just walks around, tree slam, steps on someone. It's 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 terrible. So Omos. I also went with uh, Omos. I think I think WWE has been able to hide this guy remarkably well and have gotten way more longevity out of this than I could have possibly fathomed that they could have done a year ago. But my larger question is to what end? Like at some point you need to like pull the trigger with this guy and what, what is there for, for him to be? I think the limited amount we have seen him in the ring, he has to be held with kid gloves to hide he had that brutal match I talked about with John Morrison. That was all of two minutes. Um, you've heard like reports of him in AJ at Madison Square Garden recently was not a pretty match at all. And it's like, I don't think you can even get like a, a 10 minute match out of this guy. And on top of it, like you can look at the fact that this guy is such a giant that he's made other big men somewhat obsolete. And I think that it's like, a commander Aziz means nothing in a company and a same brand for that matter on raw uh, when you have an Omos there. So I, be, I think there's, there's a negative there just with all your other giants when that's your, your recruitment mentality uh, on top of it. It's just, you know, in 1987, you could have done a ton with an Omos, but uh, in 2021 going into 2022, I mean, when he was first given a name, everyone was confused about how to pronounce it. But I think if we get a longer match out of this guy, it will be pronounced a mess. Mm. He's been in the in the system a while now as well, hasn't he? Like I remember him signing, like doing developmental like 
couple of years ago. No, it's, it's, it's been a few years like, before he got, and then he got onto Raw Underground as like the the muscle yeah. there with, with with Shane. But um, you know, I mean, you look at him and like, yeah, I can understand the novelty of someone like that size, and it's. I just I just don't know what the long term play is for him, given how much investment has gone into uh, th- this experiment. Uh, and let's uh, wrap it up with our final one. Who who still has to go here, Braden? Yeah, me. Yeah, uh, worst wrestlers definitely Omos. I mean, like you, you you could also argue worst tag team because you pair one of the best wrestlers with one of the guy who doesn't take bumps at all. So that's the joke. Again, they just like playing jokes on us. That's what this booking is, whatever's going on. You want to troll us with bringing in Eva Marie. You want to troll us by putting AJ with Omos. It's, it's, I don't find it funny, and the guy's not even taking a bump. So uh, I, I, I don't get it at all. Uh, I, I actually do agree with Way, though. Evil is, is definitely my runner-up because he, he, just, he just ruined I don't. He has no interest. I have no interest in any of his stuff anymore. It's, I'm over it. How disappointing is it, him versus Ishii? Yeah, it's at like Wrestle the, Kingdom. the one guy I really want to watch against the one guy I really don't want to watch. It's like, ugh. I just don't. I hope he, I hope he can. He, I always, every year, I'm like, I hope you can impress me. And then he just never does. He's so blah. But definitely, uh, it's definitely Omos, though. Definitely Omos. Two more categories to go. Uh, worst match of the year. We all had different picks last year. Davey went with Tetsuya Naito versus Evil at New Japan <laughs> Dominion. Braden, you picked a three-on-one match with Britt Baker, Reba, oh, and yeah. Penelope Ford against Big Swole from the August 27th edition of Dynamite last year. Way went with Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara at All Out, which was the one where Matt Hardy, a uh, very scary situation involving Matt mm-hmm. Hardy, and then the match continuing. And I chose the Tuwake Trophy Gauntlet match at Super Showdown uh, when WWE <laughs> went to uh, Saudi Arabia. In 2021, what was your worst match of the year, Davey? Uh, it's kind of been hit on already today, but uh, The Fiend versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania. Um, I, was, I was excited for just seeing something like visually impressive. We, we've, we've just come off the back of all the empty arena Thunderdome stuff and we were doing all these cinematches and stuff and I was really curious to see how they'd wrap up this feud in like a a live environment cinematch perhaps and look I, I I'm more of a fan of traditional wrestling but if you're giving me this hokey shit every week you pay it off at Wrestlemania I want fire blood special effects just the lot throw it all at it and we start off with The Fiend in his, like, he looked like the weekend at the Super Bowl going through the mirrored room and everything. And I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. And then what we got is a, a wooden box with Alexa Bliss inside. RKO, one, two, three. Like, these two have had two of the worst WrestleMania matches in history, which is pretty impressive, um, <laughs> considering. But yeah, just a complete and utter letdown. Nothing match. Um, end of just a terrible, terrible story. Man. Way, your worst match. Uh, this year I went with Nia Jax versus Charlotte Flair from the August 30th edition of WWE Raw. It was, of course, the infamous match where uh, things really went off the rails. And it was one where, I mean, these types of matches like are, are fascinating to kind of go back and study. But I think if we're strictly talking about, like, you know, did they set out to achieve what they wanted to? The answer is no. You know, even booking-wise, I thought it made absolutely no sense with Naya beating Charlotte, the WWE champion at the time, and then the next week simply Charlotte getting her win back. Um, it was 
I think a mess from all perspectives, booking wise and also in ring. So my worst match of the year. Braden. Yeah, um, I really didn't like. Was it Britt Baker and Rebel versus Nyla and Vicky? It was from Dynamite. Right. That was yeah, that yeah. was pretty bad. Uh, that one was weird. Uh, I really didn't like uh, the Fiend, uh, the Fiend Randy Orton at WrestleMania. But I mean, it looks like he maybe he just wasn't interested in doing that match and was going through some things. But still, it, it felt like such a like big letdown. You're totally right. But I'm going with the I'm going with my pick. The zombie match. <laughs> I really did not like this. I love zombies. We reviewed Army of the Dead. It was all right. It was okay. It's a good movie, sure. But to do it that way, again, don't do the advertising like during a match. And it led to an injury. To Miz the Miz. is like only injury the Miz, ever. <laughs> the Miz gets injured in the match. I don't even know what the match was. What was it? Damien Priest and someone... Again, it was Damon Priest versus The Miz with zombies as lumberjacks. And and Morrison was there too or something. Up, something yeah. yeah, and it was the zombies ate them and the zombies, they ate them and it was led to an injury. It was just completely like, why is this Why is this even happening? I, I It's another reason why I just don't... This stuff sucks, but it's just really bad and it, it deserves to be talked about. You guys touched on a lot of my honorable mentions. Uh, I'll throw in... Um, Toriano and Chase Owens doing like a 28 minute strap match back in February. That was just a length of time that those two should never go. Uh, but I chose the zombie lumberjack match from WrestleMania backlash. I'm, I'm not even like, this is clearly going to be a directive of WWE of more, uh, commercial integration into the actual content. Stephanie McMahon has said as much that that is a, a value proposition for advertisers to come on board. So I think we should get used to this, but at the same time, I think that it has to be done in a semi-creative way that is not going to be so foreign that it is such a turnoff uh, to your audience. And I thought this was it was a disaster of a match from the sense of the Miz getting hurt. It also, to me, was like a, a cooling off period for Damian Priest, who I think was at a certain level coming off of WrestleMania. And I mean, Way and I, we were talking about the idea like Damian Priest was ready to kind of ascend to that next level. This is not the youngest guy on your roster. The time is now. And not to say this match was the be all end all for him, but I don't think he was able to get to that level that the Bad Bunny integration was supposed to benefit Damian Priest, of all people, I don't think that was realized uh, in this year. And this was your follow-up four weeks later that um, I think extinguished any positivity that came out of the WrestleMania tag match. Worst moment of the year. Uh, This can be from any company, whatever really turned you off in 2021. Uh, Let's start with Wei. Uh, For me, it was the constant stream of WWE releases throughout the entire year. Um, I feel like that's, you know, probably uh, what we'll remember this year for, Um, you know, like releases periodically are are not something that's foreign, but they happened so often this year, it would always just be, you know, just kind of a period of like shock uh, in many, in many cases, you know, between Keith Lee to Hit Row to just... I mean, what's the total tally at this point? I'm I'm not even entirely sure, but uh, it, you know, it's a, it's really unfortunate because a lot of these people kind of like move their entire families over uh, with hopes and dreams, and they start mortgages based off of you know pretty broken promises. And I mean, a lot of it is a fallout from them hiring too many people from years past. But uh, this year, it's uh, we're we're kind of seeing the result of uh, a lot of those 
practices. So yeah, that's my biggest story. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much the same. It was like the mass releases from from WWE, and, and I would go a step further of just saying the loss of full time jobs in the industry. It's not just the the cuts on the main roster. It's the way they have shifted their recruitment strategy with NXT 2.0. Like that's that's not an avenue now for a lot of rising independent talent. That maybe if you stand out from the pack, there will be a spot for you. But it's it's going to be nowhere like it was before with some of those classes coming in where they would just scour the independents. Like that is shut out. And Ring of Honor is no longer. Uh, offering contractual jobs as well. So that's going to have a detrimental effect uh, to to like your independent class of performers in, in the year and years uh, to come on top of it. So I, I looked at that as like a big negative this year with just the, the losses uh, of jobs that aren't necessarily just going to be uh, replaced with spots in different companies. There's going to be many talents uh, that are not going to be able to have full-time positions in this industry. And that's that's a negative for, for fans, and it's certainly a, a negative for the talent. Davey? I've gone for more, like, worst moment on a show. Yeah. Um, like, I feel kind of bad. It's like, yeah, none of this is as bad as a load of people losing their jobs. Yeah, well, they covered that, but, so we can, yeah. Well, we, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> a few things to mention. The belt exchange between uh, Be- uh, Becky and Charlotte was terrible. The weigh-in between Anthony Agogo, Cody <laughs> oh, Rhodes, God. with with Big Show trying to trying to read the scales was horrible. <laughs> that was a terrible um, segment. Jericho falling off onto a mattress, uh, oh, blood man. and guts. Um, you know what I really hated was uh, the Finn Balor humping thing. <laughs> he was humping, and then somehow the rope broke, and the demon is undefeated. And then defeated. a few weeks later, Boa thought it'd be a good idea it's as well. To, yeah, but um, he was humping. It was weird. But yeah, my worst moment of the year, and you can see our live reactions on our YouTube, is the end to the exploding barbed wire death match. The explosion just. Very embarrassing, very funny. Um, a shame because it was at, I, I thought it was a pretty good match beforehand. And um, you're never going to remember that afterwards. Just just a bad moment for AEW. Yeah. And I felt they had a few of these sort of moments pretty close together uh, at the beginning of the year. And then obviously they, they've like, they're fine. They're doing fine. Um, but yeah, just very, yeah, that was my worst moment of the year. The, the shitty pyro at the end. <laughs> I, I, I agree because that was, that is my moment as well. Obviously, I think the worst moment is, is the, you know, letting all these incredible talents, like let, let them, letting them go is just so stupid. But when it comes to on air stuff, I hated so much of what I saw. There was Alexa Bliss with one of the, the capsules in her mouth. You could see it blatantly. It's like, what do you, what, yeah. what's going on there? Are you taking a Tums or something? And then, there's so much to that, but I thought this was. I love AEW. You heard our best of show. We we praise AEW. It's it's still the, the thing I watch. But we can also poke fun at this, and it will be talked about. When, one day TK will, will open up a bit more about it, and it'll be funnier. Or they just let it lie. But it was so funny, and so it was such a wet fart in a moment in pro wrestling. Like I love Kenny Omega, and it's it's something so funny that he's involved with. But hey, it, it's, like, it's Eddie at it Kingston now. being dead. That's it. Yeah. Afterwards. Everyone else is like, "No, Eddie, get up! Yeah, Eddie, it looks terrible." Up. It he's sucked. like, "No, I'm." <laughs> I went into shock or something. He said that happened. Yeah, it's just oh. so funny. I'm, I hope we can. There were layers to it, which There's, I enjoyed. It's so it's so unfortunate. We got so hyped up for it. We watched so many of these exploding barbed wire matches and stuff, but it totally did not live up to the hype whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And it was funny, but still, AEW st- like the positives they put on amazing wrestling, but they definitely were. 
in over their heads with this like, non-exploding barbed wire death match. But just a great moment in wrestling yeah, history. Loved it. Yeah, yeah. Ten out of ten. It did create some great videos afterwards of people inserting their own explosions at the, <laughs> at the countdown. So those are fun. All right, there you go. That is our worst of 2021 list of winners, uh, if we will uh, dub them as such. But now I'm going to hand things over to Davey Portman, who has compiled a list as we are going to play the game of likely, unlikely for the year to come. So, Davey, it is all yours. Okay. Number one, likely, unlikely. Uh, will Sami Zayn stay with WWE? John. Likely. Way. I'm going to say likely. Brayden. I mean, likely, but oh, I wish it was unlikely. He should well, be all say one or the other, Brayden. That's unlikely. Unlikely. Not, uh, maybe, maybe. Unlikely. Uh, I'm going to say likely. Okay. Um, Brian Danielson will wrestle a match in New Japan. Uh, way. Okay, I mean, you know, so much of that is up to just international borders, but I mean, I'm I'm optimistic for the new year, so I'm going to say likely. Right, likely. Uh, well, hold I'm, on. Does this include New Japan U.S.? No, this is sorry. Oh. This New Japan proper in Japan. Okay, mm. likely. I'm going to go likely, likely as well. I'll say yes. likely. I'm going to say likely. All right. Uh, and kind of flipping that, Okada wrestling for AEW on AEW TV or a paper. Likely. Likely, yeah. You know, um, I'm going to say like uh, I'm going to say unlikely. You know, I feel like the, I mean, that, that that's still going to be an option for them. And maybe New Japan will need Okada a lot more on, on that side of the world this year. I'm going to go likely, be optimistic. Uh, number four, NXT 2.0 gets cancelled by USA Network. Mm. Brayden. <laughs> I don't mean it's going to get cancelled. It's just going to shift back to the network. But yeah, I, so we'll leave, leave USA. Yeah, likely. Okay. I'll say, I'll say unlikely. I'm... They did sign that that new agreement. I I, I don't ah. think they're going to drop them. No. Okay. I'm going to say unlikely. Yeah, I'm going to say unlikely as well. Okay. Uh, in a wrestling ring, Cain Velasquez versus Junior Dos Santos. Likely. Well, 100% likely. Yes, I think it's going to happen. Singles match? Yes. Oh, singles match. Oh, that, mm. that, cha- that changes things because I would imagine it'd be in a tag. But, ah, hell, I'll, I'll stay with likely. Why not? Yeah, I'll go unlikely. Hmm, likely. Yeah, I'll say unlikely. I think maybe a, a tag. Do, do you think they have a match in 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 some form or fashion together? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think there'll be I mean, like yeah. some. Sort I think of that's tag. the big question of like if you throw in some you know some workers. Okay, uh, CM Punk will be AEW champion. Hmm. Hmm. Unlikely. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say unlikely as well. I'm going to say unlikely as well, just because there's so many other guys, and Punk is not somebody who needs it. I think he'll challenge for the belt maybe one or two times, um, but I also feel like he shouldn't be wrestling, you know, on the schedule of a champion. Um, I I think his best usage is it's just some somebody who appears frequently on on the microphone challenging. Yeah, I kind of feel like he wouldn't want it either. Um, maybe TNT, but not AEW. I'm saying mm. unlikely. Um. Cody Rhodes will fully turn heel. Like a clear-cut heel turn. I'm bad. Uh, Why would he do that, bro? He's the, <laughs> he's the biggest baby face in the biz. I say likely. 
I don't even know. I I don't even know what that means for Cody Rhodes to to fully turn heel. Like, does he literally have to say the words "I am now a heel"? Like, maybe he'll come up with a shirt there where he checks off the box. Um, Worst merch. Yeah, yeah. I think he's kind of just going to ride this out, where it's just playing both sides for as long as he's getting these these responses. Like, I don't think it's going to be like this this clear line in the sand. I think that's the whole point of this character. Yeah, I think he'll continue to exist in this. I mean, it, it, this this to me is already about as like heel as as you might get the character if he's this adamant about not turning already. I, I think the moment has already kind of passed for him to do it. So uh, I'm going to say unlikely. Yeah, I'm I'm saying unlikely as well. Um, Roman Reigns will be champion beyond WrestleMania. Hmm. So th- this this current reign he's on, he'll continue through past WrestleMania. Likely. Likely. Yeah, I mean, so much of it can come down to the day, you know, and, 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 and so much can happen, you know. But I have a feeling, I mean, the man's been on quite quite the run. Um, I think there will be a good time to end it, and that time might be soon. So I'm going to say unlikely. I'm going to say... Um... Sorry, the question is, he'll be champion after WrestleMania? Yeah. I'm going to go with likely. um, More so because I just don't think they have done any... Like, no one feels ready beyond, like, a Lesnar to beat him. Um, Like, I I just don't think... Like, there isn't that guy that's, like, waiting in the wings that they're slowly building along that you see as, like, the ultimate uh, conqueror for this lengthy title reign. Um without just suddenly like put a guy over in the rumble and like strap a rocket to him. So I'm just for a lack of options. It seems they've, they've created for themselves. I'll go unlikely. Johnny Knoxville is going to win the rumble and take it from him at WrestleMania. <laughs> Likely. Yeah. I think he'll still be champion after mania. It could even be with both titles after then. Maybe. Um, I have a likely unlikely Freddie Prince jr. Or Macaulay Culkin start their own wrestling company. Likely or unlikely? Unlikely. (laughs) Unlikely, yeah. Damn, all right. Just checking, just checking. Johnny Gargano signs with AEW. Ooh. I'm going to say likely. Yeah, likely, likely. How about about this one, Davey? Likely or unlikely, Gargano versus Almost and Chill in AEW in 2022. (laughs) In 2022. Gargano versus Almost and Chill 2. Likely. Likely. It'll be on Rampage. Won't it? <laughs> um, okay. Io Shirai becomes SmackDown or Raw Women's Champion. Likely. Very likely. I'll say, I'll say unlikely. I, I think, God, I hope she gets to the main roster, but I don't think wins title. So I'll say unlikely. I'm going to say unlikely as well. I hope she goes somewhere else. but I'm going to say likely. I hope so. Let's be optimistic. The GOAT. Uh, MJF becomes AEW champion. Likely. Likely. I think likely. God, this year. Hmm. I mean, Paige. Depends how long Paige is going to hold it and then who he's going to drop it to. Is there enough room for an MJF run? Yeah, I'm going to say likely. Rampage moves to two hours. Hmm. <sighs> I'll begrudgingly say likely. Likely, but I want it to be unlikely. Yeah, I think we're all agree. Yeah. <laughs> I think likely, but hopefully not. Way? I'll say unlikely. I, I mean, right. how about how about how about likely unlikely? Does Rampage move nights? Ooh, I wish it does. I wish it did. 
Yeah, likely. Likely. What, what night would you move it to? Thursday. Tuesday. <laughs> Thursday. Thir- I don't know. Yeah. Thursday might be a bit close to dynamite. I, yeah. yeah. It's kind of tricky. You're, you're also like trying to avoid nights where you're going to get bumped for like sports yeah. programming on, on TNT. Is, so that's, that's going to yeah. go into the whole, um, like that, that's one of the reasons like you're, you're on Friday night and it, I also don't think they want to create a schedule where they've got to like tape on a separate night either. Like you don't want to necessarily have a show that's not airing until say it's like, you know, it's, it, it there's also the, like the NFL issue that they don't want to run on those nights as well. So it's, it's only, you have very limited options as well. And thus they're in this Friday night issue. I'd love a Sunday early evening. That would be lovely. Six heat. o'clock on a Sunday, sitting down with your roast dinner. Rampage heat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be nice. all right. Um, WWE is up for sale. Unlikely. I'm going to say unlikely. I mean, they, they always say, like, we're, we're always open for business. So, I mean, it's, uh, I'm going to say I'm unlikely in terms of, like, you know, actual, like, big sale discussions of the company. I'll say unlikely as well. GCW runs a bigger venue than Hammerstein. Likely. Like, likely. 2,000 yeah, seater? Yeah, I, I think uh, I'm... I would be stunned if they don't run something bigger this year. I could see some cross promotion with AEW, even some WrestleMania weekend, big Cardona thing. something, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Likely. Uh, Bron Breaker challenges for the WWE or universal championship in 2022. Not in 2022, but 2023. Likely. Yeah. Unlikely for this year. Unlikely. Yeah, I think he gets called up. Um, will he get called up and then quickly be put into a title contender match? I'm going to say unlikely, but yeah, I'm with Braden 2023. Sure. I, I would imagine like we've got like Braun Breaker on one show and Gable Steveson on the other, probably by the end of the year. That would be my damn. That would be my prediction. I, I'm going to say likely just so this time next year I, I might sound really smart, really impressive. Um, AEW attempt another exploding barbed wire death match. I'll say unlikely this year, but they absolutely will in the future. Like that drew on pay-per-view. I think they will. It's going to be very tough to promote because it's only people will only remember that that failure at the end of it. But I think in time they will, but not not in the coming year. I think it's going to be such a risk, um, and it's going to be exciting to, for them to do it live on pay-per-view. I, I, I wonder, though, if there will be a situation where they, they might think about taping a show. But I mean, it was What about doing it on TV? What if they built up to a big dynamite, like an outdoors show or something like that, and then it's mm-hmm. not Start fires? For Saturday? But it was also, is there Saturday a Saturday night? Yeah. I guess the question is, like, you have this gimmick that can, can draw on pay-per-view... Why would we do it on on free free television? Other than you know, it I think it would attract an audience. But they're in this weird. It's very hard to sell that match to people again on pay per view. Yeah, the only issue is is the fact that it, it was you know such a whimper last time around. You know, if uh, this to me would be their way of rehabbing the gimmick, and you give it away You're on right. free TV, and then next time maybe you could do it That's on right. pay per view again. That's right, and then you could bring it back to pay per view. I, I think that would be honestly the way to go. Do it on TV, nail it. And then you can reintroduce it um, down the road. But we don't think this year. I'll say unlikely for 2022. Okay. Honestly, like unlikely. they should like what would TK have to do to impress us? They, someone's got to like die in this I exploding mean, I, barbed wire death. Match. I think they'll they'll bring it into story, won't they? Yeah. They'll bring like I mean, you had Kenny making it last time. They're yeah. going to really like push for it. They'll address the fact it's it got to explode. Though. But I can see Tony Khan wanting to 
like right that wrong. They did the stuff with the fire with Cody. I mean, maybe yeah. they're, they're, te- they're testing the waters of extreme stuff again. But I'm with you. Maybe 2023 when when Bron Breaker's champion, they'll they'll do yeah. it again. I think Onita has to be a part of it. You know, he has to come in either like just be a special ref to just to attach his name to, to Onita to be quality control. They're doing yeah, Onita maybe. Bully Ray this year, so Bully Ray <laughs> <laughs> got to get that heat back. Um. We see the not-meant-to-happen window open between AEW and Stardom. AEW oh. and Stardom, interesting, okay. Likely. Yeah, I guess I'm just, you know, because I know that, like, AEW already has their association with, like, Tokyo uh, Joshi Pro or uh, or uh, Choka Pro and, and, and all that, so I, I'm, I'm going to say unlikely. I'll, I'll say unlikely. I said likely. I'm going to say unlikely. But but likely or unlikely, Kyrie Sane wrestles in 2022. Ooh, likely. Likely. All right, yeah. I like it. I hope so. I like I likely too. <laughs> okay, I've got I've got two more here. Uh Leo Rush retires. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> unlikely. 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 Okay. Okay. And final one, NXT runs an event outside of the CWC. So kind of like at a weekender show, not necessarily the same arena, but maybe more in the vein of uh, like that San Jose show they did before takeovers. Like They, I, they uh, piggyback okay. off of a, a week uh, WrestleMania or a SummerSlam or something. I, I think like, it's going to be a very uh, like I do not see them running like a San Jose Civic uh, uh, like auditorium. Like that was like a 7000 seater there. I don't see how you could take the show there. But uh, my God, I would I would hope that they're not confined to that performance center all year um so i'll say likely that they get out of the pc for sure i would like to see them move out of it at least for some sort of special event don't call it a takeover but whatever they do they should but part of me says unlikely keep it as a tv show in this tv set like that's what it is now it's a tv set so yeah i think unlikely unlikely yeah unfortunately i'll say unlikely as well um so that's my list does anyone have any more they want to throw in to to round off the year Brain ended it off with one. Give us some wild projection. Uh, well, we are MJ. Oh, di- uh, I don't know. I don't How about know. this? Do- f- f- uh, any any foreigners in the G one? Daniel Bryan. Sorry, Brian Danielson. Uh, I'll, I'll say likely. You know, likely, again, likely optimistic that everything is is back open. Um, I think, yeah, I, you know, they they built a whole lot more connections with other promotions that I'd love to see reinvigorate the G one. Oh, I've got one more. Yep. Brian Cage in WWE. Likely. I'll say unlikely. I mean, you figured that if they liked him enough, they would have picked him up already. Right? Mm-hmm. A guy like that. So, um, I I mean, I, I don't know what would be different this time around that they would want to pick him up. True. So I'm going to say unlikely. All right. Well, there you go, everybody. That is likely unlikely. So we will revisit these a year from now and uh, look back at our picks for 2021. So thanks to everybody uh, for checking out both the best of show from last week and our worst of show for 2021. Uh, You can catch all of our shows at postwrestling.com. And guys, where can they find more of Up Next? Yeah, hey, go give us a follow on Twitter at Up Next Podcast. Uh, we do a bunch of other shows, not just NXT 2.0, but you can hear us talk all about that. Uh, BD Elite, as we mentioned with AEW, and uh, we do lots of watch-alongs with a, another lockdown or some sort of 
thing happening here. Watch alongs will definitely pop up or post shows and stuff like that. We do all sorts of stuff. We record our podcast on Twitch as well. So come hang out. Uh, it's a lot of fun, especially during the pandemic, watching wrestling with friends while you're not with them, you're with them in other ways. And it's kind of cool and become kind of our thing. So come be our friend, uh, as we say. So uh, yeah, twitch.tv slash up next podcast and patreon.com slash up next. Yeah, we do lots of podcasts. We follow in the footsteps of the two legends here, goaded Wei Ting and John Pollock. So uh, we love to podcast and talk about wrestling and, and the good stuff as well but uh guys thank you so much for having us on because it's such a like an honor to be invited here with you two and uh it's always it's always a pleasure i could not miss this i had to get back i i I snuck out of mexico just to make it back for this show because uh, i love doing this every year with you guys and uh the people love you we love you and happy new year my camera battery is stating that is empty and that means this show is over